Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So Michigan and Delaware have joined the club. Yay! What club is that? The Bird Flu Club. I know! So over the past decade, we know that the bird flu has become common and spread to more places across the world. But since the start of this year, uh, 2022, by the way, uh, Maine, New York, Virginia, South Carolina, and Indiana, along with Delaware and Michigan now, have uh, reported cases of the bird flu. So how you doing? I mean, do you have a little conjunctivitis, uh, fever, diarrhea, some vomiting, maybe some severe respiratory issues, some neurological changes? Well, if you have that going on, you could be infected with the bird flu because the virus gets into your eyes and your nose and your mouth. Now, you can't get the disease from poultry or eggs that are properly handled and cooked to you know 165 degrees fahrenheit internally but if you're handling it wrong or cooking it wrong uh, it could be an issue so don't let the kids pet the chickens you can write your own jokes with that and uh don't go out and handle poultry without you know doing it properly (laughs) so i know look there's not enough to worry about just make sure that you're handling your chickens properly okay all right good i mean whatever poultry it is right i mean bird flu bird flu it's not just chickens but i mean we have a healthy love for chickens here in the u.s and turkeys so, and a lot of people have pet chickens and maybe they're not pets, but they're chickens in the backyard getting ready to, you know, snap the neck and eat them. Make sure the kids aren't playing with the chickens or, you know, make sure they have proper gloves on and suits on and wash everything thoroughly. That'll be fun for your kids. Just put them in hazmat suits and let them play out back. That's where we're at. I know. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Today, for all the people listening live, or who aren't listening live, same thing, really. Uh, Today is uh, Tuesday, the uh, 1st of March, 2022, which makes tomorrow Ash Wednesday, which means today is Fat Tuesday. Yay! It's a day we se- I mean, we have to celebrate. All right, I mean, this is chewing the fat after all. So it's Fat Tuesday, a day that, you know, celebrates this program. Sure, cities across the globe are set to celebrate something called Mardi Gras, but uh, it's Fat Tuesday. And that's just the way it is. So I know this is the, you know, it's a big Christian holiday or we're coming up on that. That's the way it's supposed to be. But New Orleans is having the big Mardi Gras celebration this year after canceling it last year. So we'll see. 1.4 million people normally visit New Orleans during a typical 
Mardi Gras, I guess that would be normally, and uh, generates, I mean, the city generates some big money for Mardi Gras, and it also generates uh, almost 100,000 pounds of discarded beads. I'm a fan of beads, you know, Mardi Gras and a Gasparilla. I know Mardi Gras is a week, and it's, uh, you know, we're on but Gasparilla in Tampa, same kind of fun. Same kind of fun, baby. I don't know that 100,000 pounds of beads are discarded, but it's probably pretty close for a day. On average, it's probably about the same. Uh, you know, you're looking at, you know, thousands of pounds of beads per day. <laughs> and you know what you have to do to get beads, right? Okay. Just put your, put your shirt back down. I'll throw some beads at you. No problem. But anyway, happy Fat Tuesday to all of you listening, whether it be in New Orleans, Louisiana, whether it be in Brazil or Venice. And remember, after all the fun you've had with your, uh, you know, at Mardi Gras <laughs> or Carnival, you're supposed to then, you know, have 40 days of fasting and penance between uh, Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday. So have fun today because for the next 40 days, you got to be on your best behavior. Them's the rules. So the church bells have been taken down in a city named Dolina, which is in uh, Italy. It's a Slavin community. It's close to uh, the border of Slovenia and Italy and slovenia slovenia yeah you know where it's at right there on the border with italy anyway they have uh, all these churches and they ring their bells constantly i mean they start uh, in the morning with uh, hey good morning and then morning mass and then feast day and then when someone dies and it also serves as a clock but that loud and excessive ringing that's only a few i can only take so much which was exactly the point so a judge it says here the unprecedented ruling uh the judge removed the bells so i don't know if he had them taken out and driven and thrown off the cliff or he just had to shut them off because uh, now they're fighting the 4800 people in the city is uh you know they're pissed at each other they're fighting each other they're mad they had a uh, petition that everybody signed but they claim that perhaps the uh the people were duped into signing the petition believing that they were supporting a cause to get the bells fixed yeah we're gonna get them fixed all right we're going to shut them down okay and when you think to yourself well you know you get up in the day and maybe you hear a couple of You're like, well, maybe I can live with that. Could you? Because the organizer of the petition counted 550 strokes a day between Monday and Saturday. 1,350 on a Sunday. It would start at 6 a.m. with 70 strokes for the Ava Maria. Then at 7 a.m., then every 15 minutes until another long ring for the start of evening mass. It was crazy. 
But nobody wanted the bells to be silenced. We just wanted them to be operated within the norms. And in no way was this an attack against Slovenian traditions. Of course not. No way. We just wanted them to be operated within the norms. Well, those were the norms, right? Seven. <laughs> it does seem I love church bells. I got it. I love church bells. Although, I don't know. I have lived across the street from, uh, well, it was a school and a church and a nunnery. Isn't that where they keep the nuns? Yeah, the nunnery. And uh, so the bells there at that church were ringing uh, quite often. And, you know, the church bells always rung at particular churches we would go to, but I wasn't living in the neighborhood. You would hear them throughout the city on Sundays, very few during the week. So if you had 550 bell rings during the day, I mean, I can kind of think, you know, maybe, yeah, let's go to coffee, okay? We'll just sit out and, you know, have a drink and talk a little bit and hang out on the city streets. What do you think? Oh, I would love that. Oh, thank you, the Jesus. The bells have stopped ringing again. I know, but it's time again, and we can just sit here and drink our coffee and take it easy. <laughs> I mean, all day long, uh, you can kind of understand why people may have had enough. Right? I think so. And then we had the story coming out of the United Kingdom where the guys fixed the bells. And it was a big story. You know, everybody loved the story of the two guys that fixed the church clock and bells with some WD-40, which was the headline. Now, really, the WD-40 was just an ad? I mean, they did, because when I saw that, I was like, oh, I hope they used more than just WD-40, because, you know, after a little while, I mean, I'm not Mr. Fix-It, but after a little while, I do know that the old WD-40 dries out, and it can dry out some stuff, so you want, really want to use some, you know, some grease is what you want, all right? That's what you need. You need some, you need a little bit of, uh, of lube, some oil, and some grease. The WD-40, you know, maybe a little bit just to get in there. And that's exactly what they did. But they, uh, and, it, and it claims even in the story that, uh, you know, hey, uh, we, we gave it grease and WD-40 and we got her running. Well, the big deal was is that the church was, you know, given a an opportunity. Hey, we can get that thing fixed for you for 50000 no problem. And so this guy decided that, uh, hey, uh, you know, maybe uh, my friend here, my 15-year-old friend here and me can just give it a little moral and try to figure out what's going on with this thing. And, uh, you know, it's not going to cost $50,000. And I know officials want to try to get this big fundraising uh, appeal to go to fix the timepiece. It's been stuck at 12.02 for 12 years. And, I mean, they're fixing Big Ben for like $80 million. Maybe we sent these guys over there. <laughs> so, you know, they climbed up into the bell ringing chamber and uh, they said, well, there's the clock workings, and we'll just check it out to see what's going on. So they opened her up, and oh, boy, oh, boy, there was a bunch of pigeons and pigeon goo, and I hope they were, you know, washed 
very well afterwards because of bird flu but we haven't had any reports in the united kingdom but uh, so they got up in there and they cleaned her all out got rid of the pigeon poop got rid of the pigeon goo and now uh, they lubed up all the little <laughs> all the little time pieces and uh guess what ding 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 so there's four clock faces on the tower so it is one or two minutes out because it took that long to tighten everything up okay so they use their mobiles to set the time on the four clock pieces on each side of the tower and uh, tightened everything up got everything running and now we've got a clean clock telling us the exact time and joy we've got how long before this city turns into the italian city and says we got to do something to turn that thing off all right let's go to the break room i need something cold to drink desperately huh hey for those of you on uh, tiktok and that's more and more every day, I'm told. Uh, uh, less than a year ago, they extended the video length from 60 seconds to three minutes. Before that, you had a, like a 15-second time limit when it first started, uh, it was the 15 seconds. Well, now they are trying to compete you know, with uh, Facebook and Instagram and snapchat spotlight youtube shorts they all want your programming and so they are going to let you have 10 minute video uploads on tiktok so if the three minutes wasn't enough the three minutes of fun on tiktok wasn't enough they are gonna roll out globally 10 minute video uploads yay it's gonna be available on both the tiktok app and the website so they're looking for creators uh, a lot of people on those tiktok lives man they are making some money they did tiktok is making some money on that too i saw what okay so i have to buy these prizes for so much money from tiktok okay and then i go to the tiktok lives and i'm watching the lives and i can give different awards to the presenters posting their programming on the tiktok live on the tiktok not tiktoks uh, that's my social media account tiktok and uh, on the tiktok lives so i spend like uh, i think the biggest one was 500 bucks I, I don't remember i i don't remember i gotta i gotta go back and, and, and investigate but uh there's so much cost so much money so i can give this prize to you on your live stream and you get like 250 bucks or 200 bucks from the 500 dollars prize that i gave that i bought from tiktok so tiktok is taking my 500 bucks and giving 200 of it to whoever i decide you know when you get i give the prize to you on your live and then you cash it in tiktok is making a fortune off of that 
man just a uh, incredible and there's a lot of people on tiktok making some money themselves on it so i you know i'm torn because you know that's good but it seems like it's uh, a lot uh you know there's a, a small percentage going to the programmers and tiktok is making uh making quite a little bit of money off of that i'd like to see what they're making off of that and i'm sure that TikTok will make all those numbers available. So anyway, uh, just <laughs> whatever, just rambling about TikTok. But uh, you're going to be able to make 10-minute videos on TikTok. So, man, if the Instagram Reels isn't enough and the YouTube, uh, YouTube videos and lives aren't enough, and how about uh, Snapchat and uh, you're looking at, uh, what else is a Spotlight? Uh, and a bit Facebook, I mean, you're going to have the 10 minute TikTok. So whew, huge, huge news. I know. I know. Oh, and who died today? Who died today? Ned Eisenberg dead at 65 years of age. And I know what you're saying. Uh, what are you just grabbing names out of the obituary? No, Ned Eisenberg, the actor dead at 65. I mean, he's had a huge list of television shows and movies that he's been in. And he's one of those guys that you, when you see him, you go, oh yeah, I know him. Ned Eisenberg passed away at 65. Look, the guy was really sick and uh, he continued to work so that he would pay all his medical bills. He had a, he had two, he said that he was attacked by two very rare assassins. He had bile duct cancer, which <laughs> I don't even like saying it, let alone thinking about what it would be like, and ocular melanoma. So over the course of two years, he fought both of those cancers pretty much in private, and he continued to work so that his medical coverage was paid for for himself and his family. Uh, you know, incredible, incredible. And when you see who Ned Eisenberg is, you're going to say, oh, yeah, I know him. I mean, he was in all the Law and Orders. I mean, the Law and Order uh, Special Victims Unit, uh, regular Law and Order. He was in Mayor of Easttown. He was in uh, uh, Detective Hauser. In, oh, he was Detective Hauser in Mayor of Easttown. And then when you start looking at his other uh, acting credits, uh, Million Dollar Baby, World Trade Center, Limitless, Air America, Flags of Our Father, Last Man Standing, again, Ned Eisenberg, when you see him and you're going to watch a show and you're going to go, oh, and they're going to roll the credits and they're going to say, you know, Ned Eisenberg. And you're going to go, oh, yeah, that's him. Ned Eisenberg, rest in peace, dead at the age of 65. So I see where the CEO uh, of Estee Lauder and, you know, me, fashion and makeup, man, I am, I am on the cutting edge of all of that. Uh, Estee Lauder's uh, CEO, John Dempsey, who was 65, terminated from the makeup company after he posted a cartoon to his personal account that contained a racial slur. All right, so I think the one post, there was two posts. One post he posted on the Estee Lauder 
account and one he posted on his own account but we know in today's world that the one and both are really the same it doesn't you know you're tied to your corporate account no question but he apologized for posting uh, the picture uh, on social media the one he uh, was uh, suspended from his role as executive group president of the american multinational and publicly apologized saying oh i'm sorry uh, I didn't mean it. I just reposted it. It doesn't, you know, Estee Lauder said, Hey, uh, now you know what? He's fired. Uh, he does not reflect the values of Estee Lauder. And, uh, so the one post was one of those little golden book posts that we see making the rounds. Now there was a golden book, uh, of, uh, Joe Biden peeing his pants and, uh, this particular funny, little golden book was and this is what kills me okay so i i I, i'm trying i'm trying to understand it okay so the account contained a racial slur okay did it did it contain a racial slur okay so it they claim they keep saying that the it contained the n-word okay so I found the little golden book and uh, it's my N star, 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 A snuffy done gone got the Rona at a Chingy concert and it's the Sesame Street characters. <laughs> okay, so first of all, it's it doesn't even say the racial slur it's inferred that it is uh you know n-i-g-g-a right it's inferred that it's that and you obviously know it is my n-i-g-g-a snuffy done gone got the rona at a chingy concert now he just reposted that he didn't create it he didn't do anything he just reposted it so that's you know he got in trouble for that then he got in trouble for posting and this one i did actually see which was really funny so you remember in uh the um dutch fashion duo uh, victor and rolf at uh, paris couture week they had uh, you know which was being called they threw out the fashion rule book and they you saw all the models walking down the runway with the really tall padded shoulders and their head was you know they were looking like the, the square shoulders and their head was down in the shirt uh, in the blouse with their pants real high and high it was uh you know funny looking but that's what you get at fashion uh weeks right i mean that's what you're gonna get you try to get to the cutting edge you want people to recognize you and they most definitely did so he posted the picture of now that when I when you when I first saw this from Paris Couture, we you know, like I said, I am fashion. So I was, you know, I, the only thing that uh, didn't happen is I wasn't there. <laughs> I mean, I should have been. But there is a black model and a white model. OK, so he posts on the Instagram account that with the tag bad guys in Scooby Doo when they get their mask yanked off and it's the post of the black model in the outfit from on the runway so would he have been in trouble if he posted the same tag 
bad guys in Scooby-Doo when they get their mask yanked off, but it was the white model. I don't know the answer. I'm just asking the question. I mean, I kind of know the answer. I kind of uh, kind of think in my head what the answer would be. Uh, I believe you do too. But, uh, you know, he, it didn't happen that way. So we'll never know, will we? And because they were so close together, he gets the axe. Have a nice day. And he apologized. He, the one he said he posted without looking at it first. Right. Okay. Now you're lying to me. You ought to be fired as a CEO. You're just lying to me. Instead of coming out and saying, yeah, I looked at it. I thought it was funny. I posted it. And, you know, I'm sorry. You got you, did, you didn't think it was funny? I'm sorry. I did. Have a nice day. Now, the little golden book, that pushed the limit for him. He probably should not have posted that. He should have thought twice about posting my... My N-I-G-G-A Snuffy done gone and got the Roma at the Chingy concert. <laughs> it's not funny. I am not laughing at that, and don't, and don't you either. Don't let me catch you smiling at that. So yesterday we talked a little bit about the uh, Ukraine-Russian war battle, uh, whatever you want to call it, those bastard Russians trying to take over Ukraine. But uh, we talked about how the International Judo Federation stripped uh, Putin of his uh, honorary presidency and uh, ambassadorship. We also know now that FIFA... uh, you know, and the UEFA, the two major governing bodies for soccer, announced that they were suspending Russia and Russian club teams from competing in international con- competitions until further notice. Remember, they they started with the, wow, you're not going to be uh, allowed to play under uh, Russia's team, but you can, we're going to, you can't play under the football union of Russia name. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, now they're not going to be able to play at all. And I know the joke, <laughs> you know, was uh, now you've lost FIFA. I mean, now you're done if you've lost FIFA. Uh, you know, FIFA is, of course, uh, known for its accountability, and there's no corruption there involved. Just like the IOC, the International Olympic Committee. Man, if you're losing them, I mean, they gave you an out for the Olympics. For gosh sakes. But now they have they have said they've called on sports organizations to ban Russian and Belarusian athletes from participating in international events to preserve the integrity of global sports competitions. And man, you know, again, you've lost FIFA and you've lost the IOC. So times are tough. For Russia, and as well it should be. Formula One canceled its Russian Grand Prix that was scheduled for September. Uh, do you think it's still going to be going on in September? Uh, I mean, I don't blame them for canceling. Get the hell out of there. But, man, if this is still going on in September, there's... Uh, and uh, we also know that Disney, Warner Brothers, and Sony said that they are pausing all of their upcoming theatrical film releases in the country so darn you're at war in russia but you're not going to be able to see movies 
And so this is where, where it's going to hurt. This is what's going to hurt Vlad. Uh, when uh, the people, you know, they've cut off their income on uh, social media sites, and now you're cutting off their entertainment. Uh, it's going to be tough, man. He's going to have a tough time. And to think that, uh, again, the, the Formula One canceled their event in September. I mean, let's pray that it's long over by September. The Eurovision Song Contest the annual European songwriting competition and my gosh I mean who doesn't love that uh, they banned Russia from entering this year so no no Russians are going to be entering the European songwriting competition the Metropolitan Opera is cutting ties with artists and institutions that have expressed pro-Putin sentiments so if you've expressed a pro-Putin sentiment ah uh, yeah you're out you're not going to be we're not, we don't even want you looking, walking past the Metropolitan Opera. Okay, we don't want, to, want that at all. Uh, good news from uh, Airbnb: uh, the CEO of the company said that it's going to offer short-term housing for the, I mean, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of displaced Ukrainians, and uh, asked hosts in neighboring countries of Poland, Germany, Hungary, and Romania to open their homes. And so right now they're saying that over 500,000 Ukrainian refugees have fled the country in the last four days. Wow. So at least they'll have uh, some housing uh, opened up thanks to uh, Airbnb. And they're going to hunt down uh, the uh, Russian billionaires. So they're, they're looking to cut off the Russian billionaires with the banking. And uh, the billionaires are, uh, you know, running they're getting their yachts out of the country <laughs> so i mean okay uh you know i know that uh, they're setting their course to get their yachts down to montenegro or the maldives so that uh you know they'll be safe because there's no the maldives uh you know is a country in the indian ocean and it doesn't have an extradition treaty with the u.s so okay all right and one thing i didn't uh i didn't know and i i I guess i kind of did but i didn't realize that it was called something um the uh you know london has uh you know been a haven for russian dirty money and you know we we knew that but i didn't realize that uh, it was nicknamed london grad (laughs) <laughs> for being a safe place for Russian billionaires to park their laundered riches. So uh, I knew London was, you know, obviously a safe place. And there's plenty of places that are, you know, love to have that Russian money, uh, no matter where it comes from. But I didn't realize that uh, London was nicknamed London Grad because of that. So that's a quick update on uh, the uh, Russian-Ukraine battle going on in the world of course we have president biden's uh state of the union tonight as a matter of fact uh 3 2022 and uh man it's gonna be good i am looking forward to it so much uh of importance is gonna be held on what he says tonight and we'll see we'll see how he does we'll see how he does because it's getting kind of late in the evening for President Joseph Robinette Biden to be up and speaking coherently. So it might be fun. 
But uh, in the words of uh, Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast, then again, maybe not. So I see where California, Oregon, and Washington announced plans to end school mask mandates. Huh. And New York has made similar announcements uh, earlier in the week as well. Huh. Are we getting close to elections or something? Is that what's happening? I don't know. I don't know. But speaking of uh, Oregon and Washington and and the uh, Northwest, uh, they are predicting some huge flooding going on. And it uh, might not be safe. Get ready to uh, get ready to get all the climate change uh, news and fear mongering going on. Atmospheric river slamming Pacific Northwest floods. Very large avalanches possible. A flood watch is in effect for more than five million people in Washington and Oregon. And at Oregon, Oregon. Oregon, Oregon, uh, and an avalanche warning is also in effect for the mountains of Washington. This is definitely a positive event as far as, ah, uh, they need the rain. Uh, they desperately need the rain, but, uh, they don't need the flooding and the avalanches affecting the area, but holy cow, uh, they're talking about a parade of storms will keep the weather active across the Northwest through this week. So be ready for all that climate change news. I mean, they're already talking about this uh, highly anticipated report from the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. And it has uh, concluded that there is brief and rapidly closing window of opportunity to secure a livable and sustainable future for all. Now, to be clear... It says there is a brief and rapidly closing window. So it's still possible. (laughs) Good. We could still secure a livable and sustainable future for all. Now, there's certain tipping points that, uh, you know, could increase the climate risks if global temperatures exceed Oh, I don't know, 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. Now, according to this report, it's already at 1.1. So, I mean, you've got 0.4 to go. And if we, if it hits the 1.5, we, that could be the tipping point. It could be over. Uh, it could be over. There could be flooding and avalanches. Oh, my gosh, it's already happening. Oh, no. So, be safe. Be safe out out west, man, in the northwest. Seriously, uh, that does not sound like fun. I'm happy you're getting the rain and you need the, you know, obviously the entire region across, I mean, the whole United States, the world needs drinking water. So as much rain as we can get, great. I don't want any flooding or avalanches harming humans or animals for that matter. So be safe out there. And I guarantee you, not only are the climate change madness reporters going to be out but you're going to have more stories of animals surviving the the flooding and the avalanches that are going to happen i mean we saw that uh, well, last week with uh, they had uh, they had uh, torrential rains in new zealand 
and there was one bull that got swept away during the flooding on uh, the west coast miraculously survived the ordeal so the farmer thought that uh, yeah he was gone is no no and he got a got a, got a call from uh, another farm uh, down the way after all the flooding and over the mountains and through the woods and uh they uh it's alive uh, the farmer said, hey, I uh, got your cow here. Got your heifer here. It's got your tag on it. So how about you come and get your damn cow, okay? <laughs> so now it's, uh, you know, it's being swept away in the river made this heifer the star. And uh, the farmer's like, yeah, you know, I was happy when I got the call. Uh, I think he'll get legend status now and be put in a paddock to retire with some cows so if you survive being uh you know flooded and washed away in a river as a heifer you don't get killed uh, so good luck to all the cows maybe that's i mean who knows perhaps i mean i don't know this maybe the cow was trying to kill himself and uh, jumped in the raging river like i gotta go uh i don't care they're not gonna cut me up and sell me for food I go, i'm out of here and then he survives so now he gets to live i mean happily ever after because he's not going to get cut up now unless you know times really get tough in new zealand and then it doesn't matter legend status or not you're going down but for now uh, congratulations and there was some serious damage in new zealand done because of this flooding too i mean they lost uh, hundreds of homes and many were uh deemed uninhabitable after the flooding and one of the farmers talked about you know losing 70 dairy cows to the flooding so uh you know it, it's not a pretty thing and it's not funny i don't mean to be making light of the flooding i just concerned about this one particular heifer that wanted to kill himself get away from being killed and then survived so now he gets to live with the life-taking event or the attempt at the life-taking event and now he gets to you know live life free and not unafraid of being cut up for now so yesterday we talked about how ups was cutting the uh, part-timers from 18 dollars an hour down to uh, 15 dollars an hour yes sorry i know we said it was permanent but sorry and uh, so today i see a big promotion from target saying that they are going to adopt a minimum wage system that will pay company employees up to 24 dollars an hour now again remember what i said up to $24 an hour. It's a great ad campaign uh, going against, you know, you have people, companies like UPS saying they're cutting part-time hours or wages. But uh, the new minimum wage from Target says it will range from $15 to $24 an hour, depending on the job and the local market. Oh, okay. Now they plan to spend an additional $300 million on its labor force, which is, you know, good. I'm happy about that. It includes expanded access to health care and coverage and an enhanced benefit package for employees. So, I mean, good. I mean, Target is kind of a woke nightmare company overall, but I mean, that's good for their employees. And I love the promotion of today's world. You know, uh, one company is saying, yeah, well, we got to cut our part-time employees down to nothing. And Target's saying, you know what? We're going to pay them 24 bucks an hour, you know, and then in the fine print up to. $24 an hour. So maybe they got one guy in Minneapolis 
making $24 an hour part-time and the rest are making 15 or $16 an hour, but still that's not bad and, uh, gives them good promotion. So that's where we're at with target 24 bucks an hour part-time though. Uh, that's a good gig. Is it? That's what target says. Speaking of, uh, part-time and 24 bucks an hour, when you think of part-time and, uh, making, uh, so much money an hour, you think of Derek Jeter, don't you? <laughs> Hall of Fame, Major League Baseball player, Mr. Uh, man about town, taking care of business, and he has been the CEO of the Miami Marlins, and he just, and he, I believe, is the first uh, black chief executive officer in Major League Baseball. Uh, according, oh yeah, first and only according to this story. So I mean, he's got uh, he's got some pull. He's stepping down as the CEO of the Marlins. Wow, I mean that's that's big news. He announced that uh, they're officially ending their relationship, and I will no longer serve as CEO nor as a shareholder in the club. I mean, he is walking away. He said, we had a vision five years ago to turn the Marlins franchise around. And as CEO, I have been proud to put my name and reputation on the line to make our plan a reality. Through hard work, trust, and accountability, we transformed every aspect of the franchise, reshaping the workforce and developing a long-term strategic plan for success. That said, the vision for the future of the franchise is different than the one I signed up to lead. Now is the right time for me to step aside as the new season begins. Ooh, uh, that's, uh, that's tough for the Miami Marlins and Major League Baseball, for that matter. But the other thing that's tougher is that uh, the new season begins. That uh, really isn't beginning. Uh, baseball is in a bad place. Man, they've extended the deadlines for the collective bargaining. Uh, baseball season was supposed to start at the end of this month in March. <laughs> all right. So all of that, I mean, we'll be lucky to have a baseball season. And now you've got Derek Jeter stepping down as the CEO of the Marlins. Uh, baseball is in a bad place right now. And you can quote me on that. And just a reminder, you can always email the show, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. And Getter, I guess, is still there at Jeffy JFR. And uh, I don't know about Trump's new social, whatever. I'm some kind of multi-numbered name on his social media account. But I did uh, get an email from Rob, and I just want to say, okay, I got it. Okay, thank you. I got it. All right. Rob uh, sent an email and he said, uh, Jeffrey, I'm sure you will be bombarded, but yeah, each hive is anywhere between 50 to 80,000 females and not counting the drones males. Okay, Rob, I got it. Okay. Uh, Rob doesn't say that he was mad about being called the beehivist, but it sounds like, uh, you know, He's a little upset. It doesn't matter if it's a single deep or several, but the larger colony, the more deeps you need. Okay. All right, Rob. I, I got it. I, I, I got it. I understand. I was just asking. Uh, I was just wondering. That's The whole thing started with me just not believing that there was 
that many bees in a hive. The smaller bees on the hives hold the honey that a beekeeper will harvest. Yeah, I I, I get the the process. I I do. I I get the process. Okay. I just I was questioning the uh, the amount of bees in a in a hive. The cost of an individual hive is anywhere between five hundred and a thousand dollars. Okay, I didn't I didn't say anything about how much it costs. I, I was concerned. I mean, you, know, you could get just one of those little squares for like a hundred bucks on Amazon. So, I mean, I don't know. You know, I guess five hundred bucks would be five of them, and that would be a hive, I guess. I mean, this is and that is just the equipment, the bees, not counting the time, etc. You put into managing the hive. No, I, I got it, Rob. Okay. I got it, and I appreciate you reaching out and and reminding me of that. You know, I I already said that. Uh, amazingly, you know, I got it. I was wrong. Uh, you know, that is a hive. Fifty to you know eighty thousand bees are in a hive. I questioned that, and uh, I appreciate every one of the beehivists that reached out to me. Keep the honey coming. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, we good now. All right, good. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.